Welcome to the Church Pulse Weekly Podcast, featuring leadership author and podcaster, Carrie Newhoff, and Barna President, David Kinneman. This podcast delivers unprecedented insights every week into how church leaders are navigating constant change in an era of disruption and discusses new digital tools to help you stay connected in real time to the people in your church. And now, your hosts, Carrie Newhoff and David Kinneman. Welcome to Church Pulse Weekly. It's Carrie Newhoff back with David Kinneman. Hey, Carrie. Good to see you. Oh, it's good to see We're you. in person. We are our second in-person episode. This is a trend. <laughs> I think, I think so. <laughs> well, last episode, we kind of looked back on the last almost three years since we started Church Pulse Weekly. This episode, we're going to look forward. We're going to talk about what Barna is focusing on in the future, what I am, and why you don't want to unsubscribe, even though we're hitting pause again after this episode, just bringing you up to date. You want to hang on because something new will come on this feed eventually. Maybe in 2023. It will be in 2023. It'll be yeah. in 2023. We've got something 20, new for this Early feed. 2023. So we're very excited for that. But we just wanted to bring you, we have had people reach out. Hey, what happened to Church Pulse Weekly? It's like, well, we're back for now. And we want to thank our partners. Glue is one of the many good forces behind the He Gets Us campaign. If you haven't checked that out, they want to partner with you. If you want to turn online traffic into real relationships, go visit hegetsuspartners.com slash churches and you can learn more. So David, you and I, okay, we reminisced, now it's time to look forward, but you and I had very interesting summers. We were asking really big questions about the future, not just about this podcast, but on a deeper level. Do you want to go first? Because I think, like I said at the end of last episode, everybody rethought everything, and that actually included you and me. So what happened with you this summer? Well, to catch everybody up, uh, I moved. I moved from California to Texas. I kind of alluded to that in the last podcast, last episode. But um, yeah, I live in Fort Worth, which is uh, the west side of the Dallas area. Uh, I like to call it the FWD instead of the DFW area. <laughs> and because uh, it also stands for forward, forward, yeah. FWD. Oh, yeah. And um, and so I think uh, I like Texas. I mean, I miss some things about California, the weather, namely. And we were right next to... Well, you had a great place in Ventura. We did, yeah. Um, but a lot of years there. And uh, my youngest graduated high school my youngest son graduated high school in uh, June, and he is now at Colorado State. And my my two girls, my oldest is out of school, out of college, and my my middle daughter is in her uh, second final year for nursing school. And um, so I'm an empty nester. So that's another part that's new. Yeah. So moving to to uh, the Texas um, state of Texas into the Dallas Fort Worth community um, has been part of my forward momentum and looking to what's next. And so. Um, you know, I think I've gone through a lot of really, um, I mean, you know, sort of, sort of personal loss and helping navigate the company. I've actually been navigate the company through a lot of change. Uh, we've, we've grown quite a bit, um, over the, the 12, 13 years that I've owned the business. Yeah. Significantly. Um, so I took over for George, for George Barna from George Barna in, in 2009. I'd worked with him for many years, bought the business. And, um, and then I, I sort of had gone through the last, 18 or so months of soul searching, a kind of sabbatical, a kind of, you know, what, what do I want to do? Where do I go? And so this move to Texas is a big part of that. Being an empty nester is the precipitating event because yeah. I don't have uh, any kids left in high school in California. Um, but it's also about, you know, I'm, I'm in my, uh, my, my late forties here and about, uh, feel like I've got, as the Lord allows some, you know, months and years ahead and have decided to, to sort of 
sort of think about what God calls me to do next. And and a big part of that is Barna and some other things that we'll be talking about in, in the coming months. But um, yeah, we're we're excited about the way the Lord has has led us here, and and um, geography makes a big difference in terms of you know kind of how you do your work. And what are you of, noticing? Well, first, uh, the plane travel is so much easier. Uh, so California is a, an amazing state, and uh, I'll be a proponent of the West Coast mindset for a long time. I'm trying to bring that kind of independent thinking and kind of chill vibe. Uh, it's, it's a, there's a relaxed sense of, of being in, yeah. in the West and everyone's from somewhere else. So, um, you know, in Texas, I'm noticing, you know, more people have, have deeper roots. Uh, you got to get your bumper stickers and your, you know, like, uh, your t-shirts and your, you know, don't mess with Texas. And I, I think I've learned that they actually do like a pledge of allegiance to Texas for students in, in elementary school. So it's like <laughs> your allegiance to Texas goes deeper than your allegiance to anything else. Uh, but no, it's been fun. And, 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 and people are very kind. They're very nice. They're amazing churches. The Christian community uh, is very oriented around mission and impact and making a difference in the world. Uh, so there's a lot of reasons why I think uh, Dallas-Fort Worth uh, is good. So travel, time zone, we've got people in multiple states as a, as a team or we're a distributed company. Uh, so being uh, in the central time zone has been helpful for me instead of you know, being at the very end of the business day, uh, I get to be more in the in the center of that. Um, the team has been able to travel to and from our, our new office here. Um, and so it's just been good. It's been like a, a chance to sort of reset the way I think and the way I think about, you know, the, the leadership and the kinds of opportunities. I, I think we are in a new wineskin moment as the church. Hmm. I think... I think there's incredible opportunities for new leaders and new ideas and new mindsets and new methods and new models, new words and, and the new benefits of what it means to sort of follow Jesus and, and sort of, we want to be kind of an incubator, uh, not just of, of, uh, you know, we don't want it to be a describer of the problems. We actually want to be an incubator of what God's doing, what's next. Or I should say, we want to be an incubator of the best ideas for the future of the church. We want to, we want to be able to move forward. I think that's incredible, you know, and because you were you were asking really big questions. It's like, oh, does my future involve more Barna or not? And you're like doubling down on that. I remember you and I did a FaceTime in the fall, early parts of the fall, and I'm like, wow, we had we had the same summer because I was asking similar questions. What am I supposed to do with my life? Tell us more about it. Oh wow. Well, I'll tell you. We could give the long version. I'll give. Are the you moving to Texas one. too? Uh, not yet, but who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I, uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating because I kind of realized things had happened so quickly, right? This hobby where I became a blogger and a podcaster and an author blossomed into my full-time work. I and remember there was, that hobby in, in my uh, spare bedroom. I mean, those are the years as you were, you were pastoring and working with Orange and Reggie. And we were, uh-huh. our, our sort of first professional interaction was working on that uh, state of technology and the family report. I remember that very fondly and I I stayed at your house in Ventura and you and I were writing together and it was just so exciting. And I remember, uh, yeah, this idea of this early, early days of you, you, you sort of cranking out content and you're like, I think, I think I kind of like this. (laughs) Yeah. It was a hobby for me. It was totally recreational. Like right after I burned out in 06 and that was probably 09 that I think we were working on that report. And I'm like, this is actually fun. Like it was a diversion for me. Well, now it's what I do full time. And it had happened, well, I guess that's over a decade, but to me, because I was still very involved in my local church, preaching and leading it until 2015, preaching till 2020, um, you know, the company was sort of the side project. 
but it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then, you know, the podcast, the other one I do just keeps exploding. And so I ended up with a lot of things checked off the list, just people I get to talk to. Like I remember the end of June, I was trying to get Malcolm Gladwell on the podcast. And I know people who know him, but I wasn't going to play that card. So I like was on the internet searching how to email Malcolm Gladwell like anybody else would, found the info at, you know, email address, sent a note thinking this will be a two-year project. I got a response the next day, and a week later I was talking to Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> and so why did you use the connections? I mean, it's great that you went through info at MalcolmGladwellStalker.com, but yeah, 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 um, yeah. Why, did you, why did you go, why did you decide to go I don't. I don't like to be that guy, you know, that, that's using you to get to someone else, because I've had that happen to me. People who I think are interested in me, and then I, I find out that they're interested in the person I know. And so the people I know who know Malcolm, I've had multiple iterations with, but it wouldn't be like, you know, you're best friends with Malcolm Gladwell. I've known you for years. It's like, hey, David, can you put me in touch? It, it, was, it was more people I was getting to know and have had on the show a few times. And I didn't feel like I wanted to cash in that favor. Fair. So I went in as anonymous, you know, and I, I shared, hey, this is my show. This is what we do. This is who I've interviewed. Here's how many downloads we have. It happened so quick. And that's amazing. It's also anticlimactic. And I came out of the summer going, I don't have any vision. Like more of the same is not a vision. So, so the fact that you got Malcolm Gladwell, a dream guest so quickly kind of kind of showed you that it was like, it was the game was getting too easy almost. Almost, yeah. So how do I screw up my own life and make it harder, right? <laughs> so I was just praying about that. And I said, you know, I want a crystal clear vision. And I told, confessed it to my team and I just said, hey, I didn't realize this. I need a better vision. And they're like, yep, you do. They knew. So I prayed about it, sought out mentors, wise counsel, read books, listened to podcasts. And to make a very long story short, I always had kind of a split focus between the business world and the church world. I'm still going to draw from the business world. Like I'm going to interview, well, Malcolm's a Christian, you know, like I'll still interview Malcolm. I'll still interview people who are not Christian from the business space because I learn so much from that. But I've decided my audience, my target is church leaders. That I really felt almost, I was telling some people here today at, at this event we're at, it's the closest thing to a call experience I've had since I left law and went into ministry where I really felt the Lord saying, I want you in the church space. And uh, yeah, so we're going to double down on church leaders. And if you are not a church leader and interested in the stuff I do, it's probably because you're a faith-based market leader. Uh, maybe you run just a normal company, but you're a Christian, you serve at your church, and you care about the church. The reason you will intersect with my product is not just because you're interested in leadership, but because you care about leadership in the church. So our team you know, the, the big problem we're trying to solve is reversing the decline in the church. And we think we're positioned to help church leaders identify and scale their next growth barrier. If you look at all the products I offer, all the things that we do, you know, I went to law school, but nobody taught me how to run a law firm. And I went to seminary, but no one taught me how to run a church. So I'm trying to help people. I was having that conversation at lunch with a 25 and 32 year old leader and um, just having that conversation. And they're like, the 25-year-olds, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out because he's building this movement for his generation. But he's like, I don't know how to run an organization. I don't know. And I'm like, well, that's what we feel called to do. And he's in the faith space. So yeah, it was, and you know, the fire that puts that put in my belly, because I remember when we were FaceTiming, you're like, yeah, I just have this renewed passion. And I'm like, yep, I got this renewed passion. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's pretty cool. Thanks for sharing that with, with me, with us. And yeah. uh, I remember, you know, I was, I was sitting in the streets of Philadelphia, yeah. a little, a little park with the, the golden leaves behind me. And uh, you were sitting out on your, your porch, um, at your, in your place, uh, and in Canada. And, uh, it was a nice day. It was the fall, but, but I think it was a nice day out there. And, uh, as I, as I, um, heard you talk about it, cause it's been, you know, a couple of months since we've had a chance. Yeah. To you and it. I talked in July and then mm-hmm. it was a couple of the summer happened or whatever. Right. And so I was really proud of you for the work you've put out on that. Um, and not because I thought you were deficient in any way, but I think the clarity that that brings. And I think for us at Barna, uh, the opportunity to say we've been uh, really good at describing the problems, understanding the times, but now knowing what to do, we want to be world-class at helping the church know what to do. And and so we have thoughts about parts of our company that will be focusing more on, on solutions and on best practices and on uh, other kinds of tools and other kinds of, of resources. So those are things that are, that we're, you know, we're working on, on how do we deploy all the things we've learned through nearly 40 years of history about the challenges besetting the Christian community uh, and a changing culture. And we want to be committed to providing solutions, sort of insights to action. Um, and so that's, you know, that's sort of where we look to the future and, and ask the Lord to, you know, help us know where he's going, where he wants to serve into, uh, into the, the now and future church. And the more I think about it, like reversing the decline in the church, first thing I said to my team when we came up with that, because it really grabbed my heart, because that is a problem I think I can work on for decades. And I don't think it's solvable in like Q2 2023, right? Like, and you can't have the hubris to think that you're going to be the person who does that. Of course, I'm not going to be the person that does it, but we all get a piece of the puzzle. And my piece might be certain resources, but that's where you get to play a role and we get to play a role. And some other leaders, like, it's going to take like discipleship, better discipleship. Well, I'm not the discipleship guy, but we know people who are discipleship people who can really help with that. And there are culture people who can help with that and leadership people. And Barna, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone has a clearer voice on what's actually happening. So I'm very excited. I think it's going to take a lot of collaboration uh, over the next few years. And I'm looking forward to doing more projects with Barna and uh, I'm always texting you guys like, what's the latest on, <laughs> you know, and, and you're giving me that information, which is great because then I get to write about it and link back to you and the whole deal. So what about you? Like, tell us a little bit more about what's next for Barna and what leaders can expect. And then you've got a couple of insights you want to share with the leaders as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you can expect the kinds of things we've been doing in the past, um, which is helping to describe the cha- the changing world that we're living in and uh, the new the new landscape of what has changed. Um, so you can certainly expect that, and um, and you know, I think we're coming as we've talked and prayed, you know, to the end of the sort of Church Pulse weekly journey. We're 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 we've got some announcements coming up, as we said at the outset. Don't unsubscribe from the feed here. Do we, not we, we do that. To, we wanted to. Uh, Kind of close this uh, th- this season. I wanted to to sort of say, you know, again, thanks to Carrie and to his team and to our team. Thanks to you as listeners. We have some fun and exciting announcements coming up in the early part of 2023. So you can expect to hear more from us on this channel. Stay tuned. Um, and uh, and we also, as I sort of am, am alluding to, um, I think there is some ways that that what we have learned over the last number of years can be deployed into into helpful tools and resources. One expression of those is a, a program we call CoLab for Churches, mm-hmm. uh, led by our team, uh, Joe Jensen on our team, um, and Savannah Kimberlin and others contribute that. It's a, typically oriented around a six 
week learning journey for churches around particular problems, but you can, you can find out more about that at barna.com. Uh, but you can expect more solution thinking. It's not the only thing we'll d- be doing. It's but, not but, like, here's what's happening, but here's some next steps. Yeah, right? we, we want to be able to help. help, And that's what collab the last year. We've been, we've been experimenting with a lot of those things. We've been building up the Barna Access uh, library. We've got about 7,000 subscribers to Barna Access, which is basically all of Barna available at a, at a pretty, pretty reasonable price. Uh, and we've been just been thinking about digital content. We've been we've been launching on a big study uh, looking at explorers, spiritual explorers, and spiritually curious people. And um, we've been we've been uh, looking at you know sort of what's the language of faith of deconstruction. And uh, we have quite a bit of of, of insights to uh, bring to you next year in 2023 about the changing way that people who are spiritually spiritually seeking, spiritually curious, are talking about their own faith and what to to make of that. I think the language of our spiritual landscape is changing, and there's there's so, there's solution based thinking that we need to apply to that. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And then there's of course all these important issues related to next gen and where where Gen Z and millennials are today where they're leading the church. Um, we can have great confidence that the church is going to be in good hands um, and we can do our level best to try to help give Gen Z and millennial Christians uh, the very best resources and tools and insights about where things that we've just finished a massive study called The Open Generation, looking at teenagers around the world uh, and their their views of Jesus, their views of, of the Bible and their views of making a difference in the world. So those are just a few of the examples of, of where we're where our team is doing amazing work. Well, I know, I know uh, you're saving some of that data for the release, but I got a sneak peek at a lot of it in the time that we've had together here in Dallas. And the thing that really encouraged me is it's actually more hopeful than I thought it would be because all the trends seem to be down and to the left. And yet, even though that might be true in terms of attendance or how people are, are looking at things, not always, we addressed that in the last episode as well. But what's exciting to me is there is a spiritual openness that is it's it's going to be very interesting to see what solutions you come up with because I think it's very easy to mistake that for being a nun or being an agnostic or being someone who's just spiritually eclectic. But there's actually, when you dig below that, there perhaps is an openness to Jesus yeah. that is easy to miss. And it exists in Gen Z and in millennials and in Gen X and maybe even a little bit in boomers still. Right, right. Yeah. I think I think so. And I mean, you've talked about, uh, we have talked about on this program through a couple of years, the decline in pressures on the church. And I'm a, I'm a, a big believer in the work of the church, capital C, and in local churches. Uh, and we've seen some, I think, some really cool trends about the fact that church churches th- showing up with faithfulness in the last couple of years have actually done a lot of good, right? Like, oh yeah, we've had a front row seat, haven't we, Carrie? Of all the innovation and pastors sticking it out through thick and thin and trying to help coach their people, uh, disciple their people through conversations about race and politics and fragmentation and so many of the issues. They've done a good job, and we're here to remind you of that. To be encouraged. Um, you know, and at the same time, there's a whole a whole new wave of young people waiting for the church to do things that maybe the church is, in its current iteration is the way it's sort of conceived of sort of a, uh, at least the way we experience it as sort of a sun, Sunday morning kind of experience. Um, they're asking so much more of the church and it really is a, tr- a, tr- a truer and bigger call for what the church is meant yeah, to be. Yeah, give me more than just an hour on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and don't make that a recap of the hour on Sunday. Like we we want to see 
more from leaders. And, and the other thing, I was having this conversation, we're at an event where we're working with a number of different um, organizations that serve and support the church. But, you know, talking to young leaders, they're like, why do we have to wait so long to be in leadership? And I think that's a really great question. I mean, you, you bought Barna in your early 30s, right? Early to mid 30s. It's pretty young. And you were being entrusted with huge projects in your 20s. And I don't know whether we do what Kara Powell calls keychain leadership. Is that what she calls it? Where it is, yeah. you throw people the keychains. It's like, here are the keys to the car, run with it. And I don't know that we do a very good job of that. And I think it's up to those of us who are leaders over 40 or certainly over 50 or over 60 to really be those kind, not the gatekeepers, but the key givers to the next generation. And I think when we see that, because I don't know, I think, I don't know whether it's Andy Stanley or who said it, but, you know, the solution for the next generation is probably not going to come from the previous generation. The next generation is going to figure it out themselves, but we can fund it. We can facilitate it. We can open the path for that and we cannot block it. That's another thing that I think is really important with the next gen. So anything else you want to share in this wrap up episode for the Church Pulse Weekly? So I take it, let me ask. I know you're not going to say too much because you're still working on it. Probably will involve a podcast, I'm guessing. It is a podcast. Okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So it'll involve a podcast and it'll be a different format, different everything. Can you say anything more than that? Uh, I think I'd rather not. Just to save some of the... uh... Some of the fanfare for later. Hang on for, to the for, feed. For, for, for my, my mom and my dad, who are I'm sure the only ones who will be listening. No, I'm just kidding. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's gonna be fun. We're we're we've got um we've got some good good plans for it, and uh, you know our intent is to uh, really help people grapple with the change, and then to know what to do uh, with with what's with what's happening, and and really dig into you know these these social trends and church trends and perspectives and really highlight, you know, what do we, what do we make of this? How do we, as, as leaders, you know, make a difference in the places where we're meant to be faithful. So it should be fun. That's great. Yeah. Anything else you want to share before uh, we wrap up? I think, uh, again, just a huge thanks to those who've, who've contributed so much, um, to this podcast from people who've been listening, as we've talked about a few times, it's such a privilege and honor to, to know that, you know, what we have have done um, coming coming out of March of 2020 has been helpful to anyone, uh, much less, you know, the, the the numbers of people that have been a part of this. So again, thanks to the team, and um, we've been working on this this theme called resilient resilient pastors, and that's our greatest hope. Uh, my my greatest hope in in having done the podcast is that making leaders more resilient in the face of the pressures that we've faced, and. Um, you know, it's just such an honor to serve alongside you, uh, both you, Carrie, and as well as the listeners. Like, you know, we're we're seeing we're seeing uh, the church do good work. I was in a church in Denver uh, ten days ago, eleven days ago, and just seeing 24, 25 new people being committed into that church, and the pastor anointed them with oil and prayed for them, and you know, welcomed them into the family of God, into the church, um, and um, it was a p- profound moment to see, you know, this great church in Denver, um, growing a little bit more. Um, and yeah, it's sort of young and old being added into its, into its uh, membership. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm encouraged. There's so yeah. many pressure points that the church faces and leaders face, but we've been resilient, haven't we? And uh, oh, absolutely. A, a great, a great thing to thank the Lord for. Yeah. Well, David, it's been a privilege to do this show with you. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I'll be over at the Carrie Newhoff leadership podcast and doing stuff at carrynewhoff.com. And I know we'll be 
collaborating on projects in the future, but just thanks to you, to the team, for Lauren, for Joe, for Aaron, and for the crew that's kept this thing going for the years. And hang on to the feed. Don't unsubscribe because it'll come back. Probably new name, new vibe, new artwork, uh, but the same mission. I so appreciate you and your friendship. And you know what, what listeners might imagine, but is actually true, is uh, we've, we've walked through a lot together uh, ever, ever since being uh, w- watching you sort of realize you're pretty good at, at writing content and uh, you know, coming to visit and working on you know, 10, 12 years ago on some of those early collaborations with Orange. Um, and then seeing you know, how God's used your ministry to be so faithful, to encourage so many people, and then um, how in the smallest of ways that us being at a table in Atlanta landed a two and a half, almost three year run of podcasting and uh-huh. serving a church during a period of such crazy change. And uh, so we thank you as listeners for being a part of this with us. And again, it's been an honor and privilege to serve alongside you, Carrie. Yeah. Well, thank you, David. I feel exactly the same way. And I'm excited about what's to come for you, for us, for the church. And want to thank our partners too. Glue has really underscored this ministry. So if you benefited from this, make sure you check them out. And one of the best ways to do that right now is to head on over to hegetsuspartners.com slash churches. There's some really big things happening in early 2023 with the He Gets Us movement. They've had hundreds of millions of impressions online, well, actually over 3 billion impressions online, hundreds of millions of views of their ads. And it's a chance to really rethink how the culture sees Jesus. And we think there's a spiritual openness. We think that there is a curiosity about Jesus and it's showing up. And if you want to start connecting with people who are asking questions about Jesus, go to hegetsuspartners.com slash churches, Check that out. It's amazing. And generous donors are funding this. So if you're a church leader, I think it'd be a mistake not to. So he gets us partners.com slash churches. David, thanks so much. And one last time, a sign off from Church Pulse Weekly. Thank you, everybody. We're in your corner and this has been an incredible ride. And well, it's not by any stretch done. We're kind of just getting started. Thank you for listening to the Church Pulse Weekly Podcast. Join us next week for more insights on navigating constant change in an era of disruption and how to stay connected to the people in your church.